This is the Enneagram 8 Podcast, and we're here to take you inside the armor. We are so excited to share something new we've been working on. We have now launched the Enneagram 8 community. This is a community where Enneagram 8s can come together to feel seen and heard for the heart of who they are, a place where you can just be you. If you're interested in joining us here, go to the Enneagram8community.com to sign up. What you've really wanted to hear about is how eights fit into relationships. And you've wanted to hear specifics on how we work with each of the types. So this is finally an episode specifically on that topic. So in this interview with Krista Hardin, she takes us through every single pairing. Some of you may know Krista Hardin from her podcast, The Enneagram and Marriage. She started out as a clinical therapist and life coach, and she's been using the Enneagram in her work doing couples coaching and counseling. Just last year, she created something called the Glow Guides, and she has put together 45 different guides that address each possible Enneagram pairing. We're going to put a link into her website and also to her podcast, What we loved about our conversation with her is she really did not pull any punches with regards to eights. She didn't worry too much about our feelings. And so she, uh, she really just said it like it is. And it helps that she is a seven. So she's aggressive enough to just go for it. And at the same time, she had a dad who was an eight. So she was pretty confident she could just tell it like it is. This is part one. In this episode, Krista addressed the pairings of an 8 with a 9, 8 with 8, 8 with 7, and 8 with 6. So part 2 next week will be the rest of the pairings. I love to work with couples. I have started my work with couples when I was a little girl, literally just spending time helping my parents, sadly. (laughs) But then (laughs) it developed into a career. I think I just love problem solving as a seven. So it's a very systemic way of looking at the world and family systems therapy is what I really loved. So when I got into Enneagram work, I realized this was a really advanced form of family therapy that got very nuanced. So it was a super good fit. When did you first start interacting with Enneagram? And at what point did you start to add it into your your work? Well, I've been working with couples and learning about couples for about 15 years. And five years ago is when a therapist friend who's a four introduced me to the Enneagram. And I'm so glad she did because I had taken the Enneagram test with Michael Hyatt uh, just on one of his emails before. He's a well-known type three coach. And I didn't take to it. I just go, oh, that's cool. And I had already (laughs) trained and done assessments in grad school, and I just didn't know this was actually professional. And so when my friend, who is a really gifted therapist, said, give it a second look, I really looked hard. And I have not looked away since. So I'm so happy about that. I'm so thankful to her. The topic at hand is health. So how would you define health? I love that question. I think that health looks different for everybody in the nuances, but for all of us, I think it looks like a really good balance of your emotional, physical, and spiritual self-care, as well as a balance of your survival instincts, which I know eights love, and that is the self-preserving instinct, the social instinct, and the one-to-one instinct. And when you are feeling healthy and balanced personally and with your survival instincts, I think you're really healthy. 
Conversely, then, what would you say unhealth would be by comparison? Unhealth looks like you clinging to just one angle of life or not getting any self-care. So just saying like, I'm just going to be all social because I once felt safe this way. And so I'm going to cling only to this. Or I once felt that if I didn't take self-care and I didn't rest and I just pushed through, and I'm saying this particularly to eight audiences, that I would be so good and so healthy. So it's really knowing when to lift your prior fingers up from one area where you're really hyper-focused and getting balanced. That's what unhealth looks like. When you don't do it, when you do it, it's obviously when you pry up your fingers and you stop doing it. It's so hard. It's a lifelong process, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Because where we fixate, that's what comes easily. And where we have to reach in deliberately into other spaces is such hard work that isn't intuitive. So I agree. I totally agree. Now that um, you have been working with couples for years and years, Mm -hmm. um, we would love to hear about some of the ways you've seen unhealth show up in eights in their relationships. And you can start generally if you want, but we would love it if eventually you could kind of give us a little glimpse into how unhealth shows up with eights in relationship with each of the different types. Oh, sure. I'd love to. So eights, I think, really mean well in their relationships. They're very intentional. Mm -hmm. Eights really are sincere because eights are truth tellers and they really value doing what's right. And some people might not know that about eights and they might think, oh, they can be very harsh and unfeeling. And eights are very soft and sensitive, as you guys know, and very kind and helpful. And so they really want to do the right thing and they have a lot of passion to do it. And they meet with a lot of people in the world who are not as passionate. And I understand that and appreciate how hard that is because they're in the aggressive and assertive stance along with sevens and threes. And I'm a seven. And we get that too, that sometimes our spouses and our kids do not share that. And when they do, sometimes there's other problems because they're like, oh, yeah, I'm big, too. And I also disagree with you and believe my version of the truth. So I think eights are such beautiful people because of that passion and the joy they bring to life because they lean on a seven wing and the peace they bring to life because they also lean on a nine wing. They have an introverted space at five. They have a heart space at two. They have so many different spots that they move and they, I really love this and I don't have this as a seven. You guys move to heart first. So I love that about you. And I think that's just one of the the best things about eights. But like I alluded to, there's these shadows that are hard for eights to understand because not everyone is as passionate. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. It really makes sense. (laughs) I'll give a few basics and then a few particulars. And I hope that your eight audience will write this down if it hits them because eights are very logical and they need to have specific pointers. There's lots of things that I'm going to say and some of it's going to hit really hard and some of it isn't. So when it hits hard, I want them to write it down and try it out. 
because that's going to work. So I get very bossy with aides because like you said, yes. they're like, it's totally fine. This is your field. And I'm like, okay, yes. you can boss me around in your field. Oh no. So, if you're too gentle, they're going to stop paying attention. So just exactly. give it. Yeah. I had to say to an eight in a session the other day, I had to say, I'm going to be very authoritative now in their marriage. It was a hot moment in the marriage session. I'm like, I feel so bad, but like I had to say, it. <laughs> so I don't usually say that if you're listening and you're a non-eight, you're probably like, you've never said that to me if you're my client. But <laughs> say that sometimes with eights and then they have the choice right of whether they leave or stay because that's their choice and they might say you didn't hit me in the right moment for this and they might leave or they might say all right cool I'm sticking around because I can trust you so I hope you guys will lean into trust I have worked with a lot of eights since I was a little girl as you guys made me laugh yes In those days, my tactics were, you know, I would like a Domino's pizza, dad, can I please get one circle? Yes or no under the door. So I didn't have to approach him or mom is sorry. Are you sorry too? And now it's more like, okay, eights really do like that kind of direct Frank Mm -hmm. talk, but they need to know, like you ladies suggested, what's really going on underneath the service? Because at the top, we have cognitive behavioral types of strategies for eights, like hey, um, maybe you guys could spend more time together and take a date night. And those are great things for eights. So if that's one you're not doing, write that down because weekly date night is better than a vacation twice a year. Those are important. But what I've come to learn in relationships with eights is that with the amount of energy that goes in every direction all throughout the year, they need a weekly time with their spouse just to wind down. And so that is a good CBT kind of just upper level. We can put it on the calendar and we can do it right away every single week. And on that date, I want to say on that simple directive, don't spend the time teaching lessons to your spouse. Spend the time inviting heart time. How are you feeling? How was your week? And being a really good listener. Because of the passion, you might be like, oh, I wanted to tell you all about my work project and just full forward go into the date without really listening and leaning in and allowing your spouse to have space. In the absence of full face community and interaction, Mm -hmm. I grow cold. I grow cold in a way that's very, well, it's full bodied, right? I I lose Mm -hmm. connection with people pretty quick if I'm not with them. It's like I don't have what it takes to sustain the connection. I completely agree that a weekly reconnection is maybe more important for eights than a lot of other types because we have like body imprints on people and we need to be reconnected with that energy or something. Mm -hmm. It's not enough for me to just um, touch in every few months or whatever and I would agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. I do need my twice a year vacations, but as well, (laughs) but I need, I think like you said, the more important is the week to week. You know what? My husband and I, and this might be helpful for listeners who have young children. When our kids were really little, it's almost impossible to find date night at that point. And my mom would come over and we made it Thursday nights and we did groceries because it forced us to, to do it. We didn't have children with us. We actually talked to each other and then we would pick up a pizza on the way home. And when we got home, the kids would be in bed and we would jump into bed with pizza and watch, you know, favorite sh- a favorite PBR show or whatever. But it forced us to get out once a week on our own together. It saved us a lot of grief, I think, and, and guilt. I always had guilt that we weren't doing enough together. And when we implemented this, it was something that had to happen because everyone had to eat. 
That is so good. That's a really creative way to do that too. And pizza is cheap and yummy and we can all budget it in. I love that too. But I think that a self-preserving eight might take it into, I don't even want the date because I'm so busy surviving for you guys. So I love hearing how you're saying a sexual eight needs it. It's part of even just the body work we're doing. Um, And if you do double dates, a lot of eights that are social, or sexual, like to do the double dates, even the self-preserving eights. But make sure if you do those that you're watching your body language so it isn't usurping the whole group too, because this is a marriage directive because your spouse sees that and they want to be proud of you and they're very proud of you as an eight, but they don't want to feel like you're dominating everything. They do like for you to dominate a little bit usually. It's usually why they picked you, but try to understand that. And I hear a lot of eights lamenting, how can I pull back? How can I not be big? I am big. And it's just the simple directive that sharing is important in life. Other people, when they want to share space with you, they need to be able to talk about half the time. So just even trying to monitor how much you're talking and presenting. Another thing about eight females sometimes is they can show up a little bit more sexually aggressive in the meetings because they're charming and full of gusto and passion. And so they may say, why don't other couples want to double date with us? And you might be able to say, although I lament that I'm passionate for this particular situation, I love it in general. And so it's complex because I don't want eights to feel like they can't be there themselves in full glory, but I also want them to understand just the boundaries and dynamics that some couples might feel like that's a lot for me to handle you flirting with both of the husbands. Does that make sense? I definitely, if we need to connect, I am not going to throw anyone else into the mix because I get distracted. I just get distracted. So a sexual eight is completely um, chasing after energy. My husband, after we're almost 20 years now that we've been married, uh-huh. he um, frankly isn't interesting all that much anymore. <laughs> I'll be honest. Absolutely. My focus is going to go to the new shiny thing. So there are new couples in the mix. I'm going to definitely be leaning hard into trying to figure them out and mm-hmm. um, ask them questions. And I'd be completely focused on them and he'd be my sidekick. So uh, if we need to connect, there is no way that I'm going to do a, a couples thing. It's going to be a very intentional. He's a nine. He is not ever going to demand the attention and he doesn't give off that energy. So I I need to quiet everything down and strip everything away so that he becomes the focal point. Absolutely. That's so good that the 20 years together has taught you that and that you realize that with your particular passion, you need to have just the one-to-one. And that is so healthy that you know that. And that's so good for your listeners that they know, okay, that's a way I could work it. I don't have to hide who I am, but maybe when it's time for us to connect, it isn't going to be a double date because that won't work. Um, And the self-preserving eight might feel like that's okay because I get to give some attention to other things and I get to think about my food and my resources and protecting us. And so they might not be as dominant presenting. But either way, wherever you're at leaning, just make sure that you're aware of the space you take up in the room on the date with your spouse. In addition to the weekly date nights, when you're having conversations about stress and your spouse says, I've got something to tell you, I love for eights to not interrupt them when they're speaking. I love Mm -hmm. for eights to make sure they let their partner finish. And what I hear from eights is, but they're not saying the truth. That's not true. I or can't. It's let taking them. too long to get it out. 
That's my problem with my ex-husband. I'm like, I know where yes. you're going. I'm already yes. at the end. Can you yes. speed this up? Yes. And I think that is true. Thank you for saying that because that is really true that that's a lot of it. But some of it is just hitting you instinctually and needing that pause internally of the justice that wants to rise up and correct. And so it's both. It's how yes. fast you move as well. And as a seven, I move fast. And I mean, I have the eight wing and the six wing. So I'm leaning with you at that eight. And I feel that with you and how you want to finish other sentences. And I think as women, we do this fine. We're like, oh, totally. Let's catch each other's words. But I think it's hard when you do have a man in the mix that says, I don't often work like that. I haven't been socialized like that. So it's just something to be aware of. And then, of course, when you are using language, find language that your spouse can not be traumatized by because some spouses get really traumatized by the eight language. Some won't. Nines, not as much. And we'll go through the types. But sometimes nines even can, too. So it's important to say to your spouse, not only just when I call you this name, it's not meant badly, but I won't call you this name. I hate that this is true, but mm -hmm. I make assumptions I make a lot of assumptions about why he did something and I'll make a very simple statement about something that's actually really complex and we overstate things. We use big language. So it's not bad words or anything in our case. It's just that I'll say something crisply and simply and it just won't, it won't be quite right. And he processes more slowly. And so what's hard is he will need to actually go away for a while, which I feel like he's leaving and abandoning. Mm -hmm. And then he comes back and he goes, okay, when you said that, that, that wasn't fair because that's not what I was thinking and that's not why I did it. I've learned that I have to give him the space to go away to find his words. Then he's learned that I need the words. He can't just leave it and pretend it didn't happen and just absorb it. He has to come back and give me the nuance that I missed and that's how things kind of work themselves out. Wow, that's really cool how you guys worked that out. And you have a nine spouse, right? Yeah. And such a good nine directive. So I think that's a good place for us to begin is with the nines and then move our way down to one if that's okay. Yeah, that sounds great. Okay, so you just gave us our first tip is both need some space and that's okay. And the eight getting aggressive and wanting to be the pursuer is not going to always work because they're going to need to take some time. And like John Gottman, the marriage researcher says, you will get flooded and you'll need some time. And if you're with a nine, they're really going to need some time. Now, as to that, nines, you probably have heard this before, but it's worth repeating. Make sure that you stand into that dynamic too. You have to realize that eights bring you conflict because it's good. And you have to realize that it's about peacemaking, not peacekeeping. And you have to realize that you're worth it to stand in and your eight will respect you so much more if you do. And this is a lifelong journey for a nine. It isn't a one-time thing. It isn't just what I see a lot of nines do is let me pacify my partner until they're pacified and then I'll go away again. And it's actually much more like a constant staying in the game for nines that you need to remember, not just in marriage to eights, but all together, but definitely in your marriage to eights. And then go away for an hour or two a day and say, you know, I love you and we have a certain intensity that we bring together. So I need my turtle shell to go lay back in and uh, that's my space and set your boundary with your eight. You notice that nines need to be strong to set their boundaries with you as an eight. 
Well, do you know <laughs> how it's worked out is that I've given him ideas on how to set his own boundaries. He didn't intuitively know how to set boundaries. So what has happened is I've just been a student and I've observed what works and what doesn't and then helped him learn how to set whatever boundaries work for us in our life and our, our marriage. But he doesn't seem to intuitively know. I think that with a nine, a lot of the people that are nines that get in affairs that I've worked with, it's mm. because they don't know those boundaries and they don't yeah. value their body work and what they need. And so the affair comes as a shock to them because mm -hmm. they haven't even been able to make that connection of, oh, I need to be present and I need to set boundaries. So I love when a spouse, and I love that you reminded me an eight is good at this, that you can set good boundaries with your nine and teach them what those mean. Yeah. And I think because Erin um, and I both lean pretty heavily into seven, seven can be really helpful for an eight because what we can do is throw out a bunch of ideas, a bunch mm -hmm. of options, and then the nine can go away and really think about what fits. In the end, it's not us telling them what to do. For us, a very hard boundary is we cannot have these conversations at night before bed. I am ready to hash it out and then I'll be able to roll over and go to sleep. No problem because it's over for me. But for him, he's up all night because he will be thinking about all the things he didn't manage to say you know, as we were lying there and it will ruin his night, which sets off a pretty terrible pattern. <laughs> That's really interesting to me because I am the one who can't go to sleep. Yeah, I'll shut it down. I don't want to talk about it anymore. But do you not do it at bedtime then, Aaron, because you just can't sleep if you do? I don't think we have any boundaries about where or when we fight. <laughs> There's no ability to continue life until it's resolved. Like we just don't do it. We will not speak to each other. We will we'll take time out. I shut down. It's been a blessing and a curse because it's tough when we're in it, but we always resolve. Always. Yes. I love that eight six thing. So oh my gosh, that's beautiful. Okay. So but for eight nines, we we know that nines have to show up. We know that they have to show up again and again most of the day. And you're adding in, which I love that eights can help nines to understand what healthy boundaries are. And one last comment I want to make is that I really love that eights and nines are very logical. And like you said, both in the body triad, and they share a lot of that together. So they're practical. And I think that's very healthy because sometimes you have somebody who's so passionate in the heart space that they can't be logical. And it's beautiful in other ways, but this is one strength of the eight, nine is that you guys both get it. It's beautiful. Um, they have, they can go out and dazzle the world together if they choose to, and they can have the double dates where they're both kind of dominating, but also learning and leaning to pull back. But they can also have a great one-on-one -on -one passionate time and enjoy lots of energy together. As you can imagine, they do big things in the world together, but they also have to have their cave time. And they don't have to take that together. They actually do best usually to take that apart because oh, yeah. eights do need their time to think as you guys probably can tell even better than me. Is that so true for you that you need your thinking time? Absolutely. And I need it alone. Yes. And so eights usually respect that because again, they're both body types, both logical. And so if they can be straightforward with each other, they get that. Now they do have the heart space together. So they have to be careful with their words, just like anybody else, because eights will present. And like you guys say, um, once it's over, it's over in the moment. But a little particularity I've learned about eights is later things do come back up. 
and they do fester. So if you've said some very harsh words together as two eights, understand that there may need to be a later repair and a later acknowledgement versus just, oh, glad we got that out. But it's like, no, if you said something really harsh, it may be stuck and there may be resentful of it later and distrusting. Yeah, I find it comes back up in my body. I usually forget the particulars of what was said. I often am frustrated by head types that remember every little detail because it doesn't feel fair. Um, I don't remember the details, but I remember in my body what it felt like. And so what comes back up is if something gets triggered and then I remember the way it felt. And that's something I find hard to get rid of and hard to forget about. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where you guys need your two processing out loud. Um, so I will have eight clients sometimes just give me a little bit of a litany of their flow of what's happening and their free association. And then they'll tell me later in a text, can you not share that with my spouse? <laughs> totally fine, because I know how you work logically. And for you, now that you've shared it with me, it's out. So just as a reminder to eights with any spouse, Make sure that you somewhere are verbally processing, whether it be with a therapist or coach or in your car out loud, because I love how you're letting me know it comes up through the body. That makes sense because the feeling in our body is not always the truth. And we could be feeling something intense and the words that we associate with that feeling aren't fair. They're too much. They're too they're too raw and stark. Um, and so to share that in the moment, what I think does actually, I have experienced, cause more harm than good. Um, and that's why I think we need our five space so we can go and um, even vocalize it out into the air, right? And as Christians, we can pray it. Point is, we have to get it out in words, and they're going to be very intense. Like we are, <laughs> I'm the most intense prayer that ever there was. Uh, God can handle it. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And then, yeah, it means that we can go back in and then open up the heart space to our spouse and the language language will be more nuanced. It won't be as raw and um, unfair. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because it's not so raw. I like that. It's been processed. And that's such a big word for eights is processed. Moving on to eights with sevens, I think that a strength they bring together, I love to call that relationship love and motion because they move fast together and they have a lot of energy. But eight does usurp seven with the amount of energy. And so they sometimes won't understand how the seven can show up really big with them on any given day. And then later in the day fizzle out and then the eight is left with wondering what went wrong. And Mm -hmm. so The eight can really help the seven by saying, I really respect that you have energy and it's good energy, but I would love to see you titrate that through the day so that we can last longer because I last longer. Um, And eights get tired too. People don't know that they do and they fall asleep hard sometimes, like you said, Joe, but they really do need their spouse to meet them at some level on their energy. Like we said with the nine of waking up and staying awake, I say to the seven, Learn to titrate so you can hang in. Your eight is passionate and they don't want you to just disappear for half the day because you're burnt out by 12 o'clock noon. So it's just going to be important for the eight to respect them. And if the seven needs to do their workout later in the day in order to manage that, then that's something they'll have to shift. If they need to not fight passionately or make love early in the morning, then that's another way that they might do this or the seven might take on a night job. But either way, I want them to balance out and keep their energy going because they both want a lot. The seven also needs the eight 
to understand the seven is very sensitive and doesn't go to their heart as easily. So they'll stay longer with a resentment a lot longer. Yeah, the seven's like, it's not over and I, I'm having a hard time remembering. I'm thinking about the um, hiccups that I have with sevens. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that the impression I get is that I feel kind of heavy to them and that they're looking for lightness. And so they are happy to go along with me in the fun and in the lightness. But the moment I want to go deeper and the moment I want to press into the hurt I see inside them or what is plain as day to me that they're struggling with, they just won't follow me. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's a real. So what it does for me is I get annoyed. (laughs) I I get quite irritated. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it tends to make me start to push if I'm if I'm not in a great spot. And then that creates a bit of a distance. So yeah, then the seven might push farther away, because yeah. they don't believe they can make it and survive that because their energy is so much lower. So I think that if you can be an echo for them of carrying the energy on and, and believing in them and championing them with words because we're such words people as sevens that means so much to us and I don't think a lot of eights know how much your beautiful words can and do inspire us so if you are with a seven spouse make sure you cheerlead a lot or have a seven child because they love that and that isn't just for them a oh I'm a golden retriever and I need a lot of compliments it's they're mental and they don't go to the heart easily so stuff gets left like I said and they they can't remember with you that you already healed that. They're like, no, I'm going back to that. And it's still there. And so you have to remind them, we healed this. We worked through this. And you're stronger than you realize. I think of my dad at the end of his life. He wanted to go to the University of Detroit Jesuit basketball game, his alma mater with me. And I had brought my little kids up to Michigan. I had just finished up a big drive up by myself. And it would have been such a special time with him. He was kind of like, I don't care about my hospice nurse coming over. I want to live. And I'm like, okay, but I have bronchitis. And so I can tell it developed on the trip and I'll need to fight this off so I can have a good trip with you. And he was so annoyed because he was like, I'm dying. You know, like, I want to go to the basketball. (laughs) We ended up compromising, which was beautiful because I didn't hang back and just say, forget it. I'm going to rest in my five space. And he didn't tyrannize me with yelling. We just found a middle ground and he's like, well, I would like to show you around. And so we had a nice night. I fought off the virus and then we had a great visit for the rest of our days. Now with the eight and a seven, we had other trips where I drove up and drove back down, (laughs) (laughs) drove up to Michigan with my children and literally was like, nope, not staying. (laughs) And he's like, I can't believe you actually left. So yes, I do get it. And it's hard, but Uh, When they know that you're weak mentally, they can speak into you. And I don't mean that as a criticism sevens, but you're so strong mentally and you're so weak mentally. So eights Mm -hmm. speak into your sevens, sevens um, titrate your energy so you have enough for the eight. Yeah. How would you say eight should initiate those emotional conversations with sevens in a way that they won't like skitter away? (laughs) I love that you asked that because if you're direct and upfront, that's okay. Uh, Sevens don't want to have you beating around the bush, but they also don't want to stay there for too long. So we usually say, well, Suzanne Stabile, I loved how she said, um, make them go out for a burger with you. But like you heard me say, we can get out of there fast, even if you're out with the burger. You know, <laughs> I'm thinking right to go by, you know, and so I think it's better to say, like, 
I really want you to know that like, I love you so much and pepper them with element of a term of endearment. And then, you know, do one thing that day. Don't press in on everything. Like we said, with the eights on the double dates, don't press in on everything. Don't totally dominate because it will probably instill panic of some sort in your seven. Mm -hmm. And sevens are not connected with their anxiety very well. So they won't really know I'm anxious. They'll just feel uncomfortable and they'll want to get away. That six, eight marriages really process logically and fully because sixes don't want to leave it and eights also don't want to leave it. So they'll go on forever. But what I also want to remind you guys of is that sixes do their best work when they've had time to think apart from an eight. So it is or anybody. So it is important that if you don't finish up and finalize everything that you feel permission to say, I love and we both needed to finish up our conflict here. And I love that we did it, but I'm going to go and think on this again. And do you think we could hit it up later this week if it's still lingering? Do you think you've ever done that before, Aaron? I think we do it. Yeah. Without being intentional about it. Okay. So that just it, happens anyway. It often happens where I'm upset about something and we both see it from very, very different perspectives. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm right when I come to the table. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm very sure mm-hmm. that there couldn't be any other perspective than mine. And then we, we hash it out. And it, it takes a long time for my husband to see my perspective. And I think I shut down his perspective. Mm-hmm. I'm really good at using that five space when we fight. And it's it's his biggest complaint that he always tries to resolve everything and I put barriers up and he's right and I feel like it's a it's just one of those things where I I hide I just shut down is what it is and I have told him and and he's gotten a lot better too is if you come and you touch me I immediately soften right I just need your I need you to come and touch me not walk stand across the room yelling at me or stand across the room speaking angrily at me right I'm done I can't I can't process that and I can't work Mm. with you but if you come and sit beside me and and touch me and put your arm around me or just hold my hand, I'm open. And I really would love it if he could use less words, but I don't think it's possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as you alluded to earlier, the patience of an eight can run out, but luckily yeah. our energy can match it. I have to say this because it was such a, a beautiful moment the other night in our kitchen where my husband was explaining something to our 15-year-old daughter. And my 15-year-old daughter just looked at him and said, Dad, or could you stop starting at Adam and Eve and start in 2021? <laughs> okay, see, it's not just me. <laughs> oh, I love that. Your daughter was able to pick that out. Isn't that fun when our kids help us out? And yeah, it would just kind of gave him a little bit of understanding of my perspective at times. Too. Yeah, hence me doing therapy on my parents. No, I'm just joking. But like... <laughs> And you guys are such a beautiful couple because of the passion you'll both put in and and really want to to solve the corners like the six wants to solve every little possible corner in order to feel safe. Yes, and so true. I think that's really nice of you that you you stay and you try to listen. And that's what I when I was thinking of um, some of the couples work I've done with the eight six, I think of the eight getting impatient, like I said at the beginning, and not being able to let the six finish and getting defensive. And then the six saying, don't interrupt me and getting upset. So make sure that you guys really try to wait and then make sure your six really tries to wait for your perspective too, as you explain how you're going to create safety for them. So make sure you use safety language with anyone in the thinking triad. That's it for today. We hope by now you've realized there's a lot more going on under the surface. And you'll continue to follow along as we take you inside the armor.